Hey companions, uh, this is Peter. And this is Tom. And this is a pre-recorded episode from our former feed, TV Ape My Brain. So uh, this episode is still there, but we decided to put these on Cobra Kai Companion, so that way you guys get to hear all the stuff that we have done previously. Yes, basically it's the same uh, Tom and Peter, same show, just a little bit more directly uh, fed to you. And here it is. Hey, if you're dumb enough to be listening to this podcast, um, I'm Yasmin. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Annalisa Cochran, guys, from Cobra Kai, and you are listening to TV Ate My Brain. Welcome to another episode of TV Ate My Brain, the official TV podcast of Core Tempart, the Cobra Kai edition. On this episode, we have another great interview. I had the opportunity to speak with actress Annalisa Cochran, who played Yasmin on Cobra Kai. She talks about some of her previous work and some great stories from behind the scenes of Cobra Kai and gives a little insight on why she thinks her character Yasmin is the way she is. Unlike her character, she was a joy to speak with. I had a lot of fun talking to her, and I hope you guys have just as much fun listening to it. And this is our conversation. Hello? Hello, Annalisa? Hey, Peter! Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you for asking. It, uh, hopefully, caught you at a good time. Oh yeah, perfect time. Thank you for doing this. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I mean, uh, you have a lot of credits under your name, so I can imagine you have a very, very busy schedule. <laughs> it's it's all up and down. You know, some weeks you're busy, some weeks are easier, but definitely caught me at a good time. So thank you for that. Oh, no problem. I, I got to get something out of the way. So I kind of found out that you're from the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Are you too? I'm Portland, so not too far from you. Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're know. Pacific Northwest buddies. We're, we're pretty much related, I think. I think that's how it goes. I think so, too. Are you a Seahawks fan? I am a Seahawks fan. Are you a Seahawks fan? This is this is going to be the ultimate deciding factor. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a 12. Oh, yes. All right. Then, then we can hang, right? Yeah. Well, this is going to work. <laughs> you, you may know that uh, Portland actually does not have an NFL team. So we have to root for the Seahawks because yeah. that's that's all we have. Uh, but, you know, the Seahawks and my Portland Trailblazers, we have the same owner. So that's cool. You know, Mr. Paul Allen. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that the Trailblazers were owned by yeah. him. Yep. Wow. He has for, for some decades now. The, the concern has always been him possibly selling, um, you know, the Blazers and them ending up in Seattle or something like that. Right. Right. I mean... <laughs> I, Seattle, we really need to bring though a team back. To oh, be honest, absolutely. I know you I agree. your Trailblazers, so like we need our Sonics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. We we definitely uh, missed the I five rivalry. Is you know is what it was called. You right? might might be a little young, maybe to kind of remember that. I don't know. Yeah, don't exactly remember that, but I can pretend that I remember that. Sure, sure, absolutely. Was- you're you're a working actor. You can act like you remember that. <laughs> Exactly. That works perfectly. <laughs> there you go. All right. The, let's let's talk about. Um, can you tell me about when you decided to get into acting? Yeah, I um, I actually remember it really clearly. I was kind of time when I made the decision. I was eight, 
and I got a book about making um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It was when that movie first came out. It was um, Narnia, and I was such an avid reader, and I loved the books. And so that movie was kind of my first foray into seeing someone that I loved, the character that I loved on the screen. And I was like, I want to do that. Also, because I was blonde, and the girl who played... Um, the youngest daughter, Lucy Pevensey, the role that I wanted, was not blonde in the movie, but she was in the book. And I always thought that was supposed to be my role. <laughs> so I was about eight when I wanted to do it. And then um, I kind of just, the only kind of options I had for me were theater. And so I just dove into theater. And yeah, I did a lot of theater in, you know, growing up and then in high school. And um, yeah, and then when I moved down to LA, that's kind of when I, started diving into film and TV and yeah, all that fun stuff. What were some of the projects that you did in, in theater? Oh, uh, favorite had to be, I did sound of music. I did, um, Annie, get your gun. Um, I did a play called Harvey. Oh, so fun. Isn't that based on a movie? Yeah. Or I think the movie's based on the play. Oh, it's okay. about a big rabbit. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think high school and college theater is fun because you get to play characters that are so much older than you, you know? So now that I'm in film and TV, I play very much my age or younger than my age generally. But like when I was in high school, I was be I was able to play these outrageous characters and um just be kind of wild and that was always so fun to me to be kind of just this goofy character. Um yeah, some other exit the body, um not super well known, but just a lot of that kind of theater that I loved and went back to. I never got to do the line, which in the wardrobe though, as a show. Is that your dream project? Is that one that, uh, is that the, like the one show you would do if you could do it? I think so, but I think I'm too old for the part I want to play now. <laughs> like now I would have to play the villain, <laughs> which I don't mind. I love playing the villain. You, you know what? Funny you mentioned that because I was watching a trailer for um, one of your uh, other movies. It looks like it was renamed to Flirting with Madness. Actually, Flirting with Madness is our working title. And when oh. it went to Lifetime, they renamed it to, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, so that's the bride, the bride bought me online, right? It. Uh, I was watching the trailer. I'm like, is this the uh, origin story for Yasmin? Like, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I kind of got that <laughs> that sense there a little bit. Totally. Yeah. There was actually. It's so funny because I I was never the part of the popular group in high school, really, and I was. I'm. I I like to think that I'm not a mean person at all, but that was the first role that I ever got. Um, was playing that mean girl and that, so that was when I first started acting about three and a half years ago or something and so it's funny that it kind of came back around like that seems to be a character a type of character that I have played a few times so is it a bad thing that I play it no not not <laughs> at know. all hey what does that say about me? no I don't think it says <laughs> anything you know I, I think sometimes we want to play something that we're not accustomed to you know like it might be fun True. playing a, uh, you know, like a bad girl or a bad boy for for once. You know, being being like a goody goody for for a while. I'm not sure, but when I watched the trailer, I got this. That's so true. Yeah, I uh, I I got the feeling of like the movie Joyride. You know, where the like a a, a prank gone gone wrong. You know, kind of feel. So I, yeah. I am uh, kind, of, kind of interested in that. Is so is that something that's available out there in the interwebs that the listeners can check out? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I don't know. 
I know they play it on TV every once in a while, but I'm pretty sure you can find online copies as well. Um, and I'm really hoping, like, it's funny that you said that origin story. I'm really <laughs> crossing my fingers that somehow we'll find out how Yasmin came to be the way she is. Because I think that she is such an interesting character to be that mean and to have that facade of not feeling and not caring, like underneath she's feeling and caring, but putting that on, I think is so interesting to delve into. So hopefully, if not, we'll call the bride he bought online her origin story. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we could definitely do that. I'll, I'll definitely uh, check that out and and kind of report back if anyone's interested. But uh, we'll we'll kind uh, kind of jump into Cobra Kai since you're talking a little bit about uh, your character of Yasmin there. Now, how did you kind of catch wind of Cobra Kai? Do you have an agent that heard about the auditions and got you a script? How did that all come about? Yeah, um, it was kind of just I have an agent, and it was kind of just like any other audition. Um, it came to me, yeah, it came to me, and I went in, and it was such a fast process. Usually usually things tend to go slow if it's a TV series just starting up, um, but I went in, and I remember less than a week later, I think I had um, the producer session, and I went to the producer session, and I think within just a few days, they told me that um, I had it, which was so crazy how quick that went. You read for the part of Yasmin? Yeah, yeah. I think part of it was I was brought on pretty late into the project. So they kind of had had their first table read and everything um, while the girls who were auditioning for Yasmin were still auditioning. Um, So I think they couldn't find them for a little bit, uh, find Yasmin. And so when I flew out there to Atlanta to start, they'd already kind of had their first table read and um, they, I think they'd had one day of filming or something by the time I got there. So I heard from a little bluebird named Hannah that you guys were called the Mean Girls. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> I think the three of us. <laughs> it was uh, very much like, have you seen the movie Mean Girls? I have, yes. Regina George. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, of course, Regina George. I think she's such, she's such the iconic Mean Girl. And I think that the three of us, like, <laughs> just kind of, it was so fun to play in that vein, you know, and to be... Um, be those types of characters and I think that you know in that high school setting they're definitely like these heightened girls but they that's their whole life you know it's kind of the story of Johnny Lawrence but in the future you know now we're playing the old Johnny Lawrence um, where we're just kind of the bully and we're really the conflict of the school of these younger kids Uh, and it was (laughs) it's so funny because Joe um Bo Mitchell, who plays um, who plays Brooks and everything, like it was just such a fun dynamic because no one is anything like their characters. So you know, between takes, we're all goofing off and laughing, and then they call action, and all of us are saying these horrible things. And it's like, oh, I felt so bad. Like Nicole, I love that girl, Nicole Brown, and she, um, I just said such horrible things to her. But it was a really fun dynamic that we had. Yeah, the, the some of the things with Nicole's character Aisha, it, it's is very heartbreaking, you know, especially the like the the one scene where Aisha is telling Sensei Lawrence, you know, like, you know, they they tell me like, "Oh, kill myself" and blah blah blah, you know, behind the behind the computer and and all that. So, 
It's it's very sad that we hear a little bit about her character,、uh, but for you, like, was there any type of preparation that you had to get into? I don't know to kind of get in the mindset of Yasmin, you know, who is a bully. Like, do you feel she is、uh, misunderstood or she's just straight up bad? No, I don't think she's straight up bad at all. I think too, for me, the way I p- approach and play characters, especially. On the front, as mean as that is, you really have to find what makes them human because not everyone is black and white. You know, there's so many shades of gray to a human being, and I think that she has a lot of issues with her parents,、um, and that that's at least kind of what I played and what I thought. So, kind of getting into her was exploring for me. I kind of came up with my own little backstory about why she's the way she is and how she's neglected by her parents. She has tons of money, and. She can kind of ask for anything, and yet she can't get love and attention from them. And I think that、um, I kind of created this thing where she's bullied, you know, by her mother a little bit. And I do think that bullies are created because they themselves have been bullied in the past, and whether that's or hurt—I shouldn't say bullied, but hurt by something or someone—and that in turn causes them to create this defense and lash out at others. So, you know, I think that was one thing you didn't really get to see. Any humanizing qualities of Yasmin this season,、um, but she really does, like any human being, she has them, and she feels the way she feels about things. And、um, yeah, I hope to be able to bring that to light more because <laughs> definitely I had some zingers in there that didn't really show the true, at least how I approached the true nature of her. Yeah, she kind of reminds me of Johnny Lawrence a little bit in 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 this film. Let's call it a film, a five hour film. You know, we finally I get, love it. Yeah, yeah, we we finally get some more backstory of Johnny, and it makes sense why he is the、yeah. way he is. To kind of take something from what my co host、uh, Tom has said previously, you know.、Um, There's no purpose for power if you can't use it on somebody. So with Yasmin, you know that's that's kind of what it is, right? You mentioned that perhaps she's lacking the love and attention at home, so she's kind of mean to kind of inflict like this, you know, power over people, and you know, to kind of I don't know, give her some sort of sense of I don't know purpose or something. Yeah, yeah, completely. It gives her if she can't. I love what you said. If she can't have the power in her home life. By ruling the school, she can have that power, and I think the only way she knows how, because that's all she's ever learned, is by、um, stepping on other people. That's the only way she's ever learned to get to the top and to like stay at the top and hold on to that. Yeah, and it's, power is intoxicating. I mean, it's what what our society is built upon: people trying to achieve power.、Mm-hmm. And I think Yasmin is just another wheel in the cog of what society can create. And yeah, it's. Yeah, I keep saying it, but hopefully we'll get to see what makes her the way she is. Do you have any insight on if we will? It's so funny being an actor because you think you think you'll know something, but no, <laughs> I know nothing. You, we will, you will all probably know before I do because we'll find out. Oh, season two is going to be about this. But、um, I love the creators are brilliant, and whatever happens, they'll come up with. They just they're so smart. They'll come up with just. Wherever they take it will be genius, and I'm they're brilliant to have been a part. Of- yes, right. The writing is、thought? so great. Yeah, and the way. Oh my gosh, I think the the best.、Uh, my favorite is watching Johnny Lawrence watch the TV and just like going back in his mind to 
what is it, 30 years prior. Like that, that scene where they intercut everything. Man alive. I was so impressed. Oh, you talk about the montage where he's driving as well, right after throwing the remote into the TV? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Watching the TV, then he goes on that drive. First episode. It's like, wow. Well, speaking of the first episode, what was it like filming um, that scene there where uh, your character is driving and texting and uh, accidentally <laughs> hits his car? I know. It was, um, it was so fun. It was actually, that was the first scene that we filmed. They generally filmed in order. They would film uh, two episodes at a time. And <laughs> we had a stunt driver because you have to be very careful safety-wise when we were actually hitting the car. But then just being able to meet um, Billy Williams for the first time was <laughs> amazing because I'm, I'm hitting his car and I'm getting to be a part of history. And that very first scene just really felt like I was stepping back in time almost. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it was just a fun, fun night, I have to say. They also filmed in Atlanta most of the scenes, but they made everything look very much like Encino. I was quite impressed. Because as I understand it, a lot of times it was very cold, like the, the pool scene um, at the tournament. Yeah. I, I know your character doesn't show up in the last episode, I don't believe, but were you there on set? Yeah, I wasn't on set, but they just due to the way they filmed things, they actually um, brought, I, th- I don't think they brought Joe and I out early. Um, we would kind of fly back and forth from Los Angeles to Atlanta. So we got to be a part of hearing about the weather conditions and we were hanging out with the cast during that time too. So even though we weren't at the tournament physically, we got to kind of hear about it and be there, which is so fun. Also, cause in LA we don't get snow and it was so fun to go to Atlanta and have a little bit of um, coziness before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. So the night uh, you guys ran into Johnny's car, was that the first time you interacted with Billy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that was the first time. I met him at lunch that same day. Um, They brought me in early for a fitting and kind of to show me around set and everything. That was the first time I met him. And he is such just a giving, loving person. I have to say I was, and so talented. I was so, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is the Johnny Lawrence, the grown-up. It was, it was just a kind of a crazy moment to just talk to him. And he was like sitting across from me and he's so just cool. And it was really, really, really fun. I'm so glad that this show, this film, <laughs> we'll call it a film. Um, I'm just so glad that yes, it's from that. his perspective because it's nothing we've seen before. You know, we've gotten three movies with Daniel and, you know, I'm just... So glad to see, you know, William Zabka able to kind of showcase his talent. One of my favorite moments of Johnny is when he's digging in that refrigerator, you know, for that very last six pack of beer. And then Daniel comes in, pays for that beer, and then he realizes that it was Daniel that hiked up the rent. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. I know. I know. I just wanted to hug him. It's so I know. <laughs> that was me watching the whole thing because there was so much. I would get the scripts, but there was so much that I didn't get to see happen. So actually being able to watch the show, I was like, oh, my goodness. Because I know both Ralph and Billy, and they're so different than their characters. And I was like, oh, to see that, the animosity still between these two characters. Wow. It's kind of crazy. I have to say, too, I, yeah, 
I did a lot of um, a kind of rewatch the Karate Kid and I did a lot of research and it was kind of fun to see because there were a lot of fan conspiracy theories before the show even came out and talking about is Johnny Lawrence the actual hero of Karate Kid, you know, or is, does Johnny Lawrence, uh, you know, is he meant to receive the negativity that he does? And it was super fun to read all these kind of fan theories and thoughts and then see the way that the writers translated their own thoughts, you know, cause they grew up with the movie. And so they probably like came up with those ideas and it was fun to see the juxtaposition of everything. Yeah. And also we get a scene where, you know, Johnny talks to Miguel, you know, who's played by Sholo and he tells him that mm-hmm. very story from his point of view where he's the good guy. And I just loved where he tells him, Oh, you know, and his karate sensei comes in and kicks all our asses. And I think, I think Tommy had brain damage from that too. And it was just the funniest line for, <laughs> so obviously anybody that knows the movie who knows Tommy and his famous line, put him in a body bag. And that kind of explains it. I just, <laughs> again, I, I got to give kudos to, to the writing team because it's just, yeah, I, I grew up on this show as well, or the movies. I grew up on the movies. I right. reviewed all four of them on my show. So, um, this oh, was just wow, yeah. right up my alley. Yeah. What did you, I, I'm turning this around really quickly. I'm just curious, what did you first think when you heard that a sequel or, yeah, a sequel TV show was coming out? Were you a little skeptical? Because I know that I was. <laughs> not, not skeptical, no. Um, just because, you know, they, they were saying that it was going to be Ralph Macchio and, um, you know, William Zapka coming back as their roles. I was for it. You know, right. if it was going to be a recast and their same characters, that I would have a problem with. So I usually welcome stuff like this and I am willing to give it a try. And um, yeah. when when it dropped, was it May 9th or something like that? Or whenever it was, when, yeah. when it dropped, I had planned to watch just the first two episodes because they were free on YouTube. And not only did I, you know, get my free trial so I can watch more of it, I ended up binging the entire show that same day. <laughs> right, right. I think that's what everybody seemed to be. I mean, I was surprised at it. You know, everyone, uh, I'm very surprised at the response to it as well. I think that to see how quickly it kind of gained attention and notoriety and all these reviews and the Rotten Tomato rating, it was so cool. It's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys must it's really be proud. Fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just so excited to be a part of it and to have you know it kind of feels more so than another TV show you do just because of the history with these guys and the history of this legend of a movie. It just feels like you're a part of something big, you know. Yeah, and yeah, it's 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 exciting. So with your character of uh, Yasmin, you know, this this question comes from my co-host, Tom. Uh, he says that he's heard from a lot of actors say that they often prefer playing a villain due to the roles being more fun. Uh, would you say that applies to the character of Yasmin? Oh, definitely. She has, I mean, kind of, it hurt me to say it to Nicole because Nicole is the sweetest person. But it is definitely a fun character to play. I think because also... A lot of the times in real life, you never want to be that mean because you know it will actually hurt someone's feelings. But if it's not real, there's something about, I don't know, the make-belief of it that makes it a little bit more interesting. And yeah, so I definitely think playing villains can be, can be definitely just a little bit more, a little bit more interesting than playing the good character all the time. 
Absolutely, especially with the writing team, you know what that Cobra Kai has. You, they may write you something that you yourself would never ever say, and it may be kind of fun actually to totally. be able to say that, you know, and, and know that it's not what you really mean on the inside. Yeah, on set too. One of the really um, great things that they would do is some of those one-liners, and they would do this with a few different characters. Um, uh, Johnny's character included, he is hilarious. And they would just kind of throw, you do your line as it was written in the script. And then they would reset and they'd be, they just throw you lines right there that they'd come up with in the moment. So it was like a few different lines. I think in the, um, actually, I think it's episode four. I say something about, um, Jacob Bertrand's character, Hawk. I say something about, uh, a lawnmower. There was a line that they gave me the day of, you know, and they just threw it out there like, try it, try this line. And so that was really fun because then you're just saying like, they're just coming up with it right in the moment. And so you're just able to come up and they were really open to if we wanted to throw out ideas or say something that we came up with too, um, which is always, always just a great time. Cause then you as an actor feel like you're giving the part of yourself that you've already prepared. You're able to show it even more with those improv lines. So that was a really cool moment. A moment that kind of that it reminded me of. I I wonder how it went down because it's actually in episode nine where Johnny and uh, Daniel are at the bar and they're kind of Facebook stalking Allie, right? And um, Johnny's like, "Oh, is that a picture of her husband? Let's take a look." And then they see he's like this nice, handsome guy. He's like, "Look at that dumb face," you know. So like, I wonder if that is something they came up with that day because that's one of the funniest lines in the entire show. Because <laughs> they're just so I salty, <laughs> too. Like, this guy is a doctor? Okay, look at that dumb face, you know? So, I love it. I know. I I actually don't know on that line either, but it's so clever. Yeah, yeah, it really <laughs> is. Like, oh, my goodness. Just two guys throwing one back and Facebook stocking an old flame. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking with Hannah and, you know, her being a few years younger, I know she had to kind of go back and forth between school and stuff like that. Did that make it difficult, yeah. like trying to kind of like maintain that rapport or that chemistry with, with the characters uh, kind of being separated at times? At least for me, I didn't think so at all, just because those two girls are such giving, loving people. And so, and Hannah, I know she's younger, but she's incredibly just well-spoken and mature for her age. And so she really, it kind of felt like there was no divide in age at all. All of us got along really, really well. Um, so it was like when we were all together, it just kind of clicked, you know, and some, you always hope for that and it doesn't always happen. But I would say with everybody in the cast, it just kind of clicked, um, you know, with Joe and um, Bo, both of them, we, Bo lives in, uh, somewhere in South Carolina. And so like the three of us got to take a road trip down to Charleston, South Carolina together. You know, we would have movie nights and game nights with Mary and Sholo and Jacob and all of us. So it was just kind of a really good group of people, you know, which you don't always have. And I felt really kind of blessed that this set had that, that everyone got along so well. So there was no, yeah, every time we were together, it worked. It was awesome. I've only spoken just to a few of you guys. Uh, I just got off the phone with uh, Gianni. You know, he's 16 years old, but he's super hilarious. Hannah, she is so so woke. You know, I know you you kind of mentioned it like she doesn't seem like she's 17. And when she told me she's just finishing up her junior year, I couldn't believe it. Right. 
Did you ever catch her slam poetry during the the March for Our Lives? I saw it on her Instagram. It's amazing. It really and is. And that she participated in that. Yeah. I'm so inspired. So moving. So moving. So uh, for the listeners, if you guys haven't, go back and check out that interview. Uh, she gave me permission to use the clip uh, in the episode as well. It's just, it's so moving. So um, yeah, I think all of you guys did an amazing job. Uh, obviously, you know, your character of Yasmin, you're supposed to dislike her, you know, and I think you do a really good <laughs> job with that as well. Um, what do you remember filming the the pool scene? Kind of, this is when we find out that Sam, you know, she's just started hanging out with this new clique and wants to impress everybody by throwing a pool party. Yeah, that was um, that was a fun. We got to be on location that day, so we had our studios uh, where we generally filmed a lot of stuff. But then for that day, we got to go to this gorgeous um the LaRusso's house that they use in the movie and it's this gorgeous house in near Atlanta and uh it was just a, I remember being it was a cold morning it was a very cold day <laughs> but it was so fun because there were tons of extras and everybody was just kind of having a good time you know it felt sometimes on filming days you can be a little bit more not stressed but things are just moving quickly and on that pool day maybe because of the nature of filming there and with the pool it was kind of relaxed and everybody was just having a good time and it's so fun when we got to film the big group scenes um you know in the cafeteria a lot of the times the girls and we would be at one table and the boys would be at another but that was fun because all of us were talking and hanging out and getting to interact so that was a really really fun day and what was the the beach scene like? You know, where do you think uh, yeah. do you think Aisha went <laughs> overboard? Do you think there's some uh, comeuppance there? Oh, I think Yasmin deserved what she got. Okay, but but I do think that uh, she will have her. I don't want to say revenge, but I think that she will retaliate in some way because that is the ultimate embarrassment. Um, <laughs> Just so what happens is Aisha gives Yasmin a frontal wedgie. And I remember being so confused as to how that was going to work. You know, you read it on the page and you just don't understand. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then the day of, you know, we had a stunt double and they actually like lifted me up by, like I was wearing a harness, but they lifted me up a little bit by the ropes. So they could get um, the camera and get an angle to make it look real. And it was just, it was so kind of a, bizarre thing that I didn't really I didn't know if it would work and I see it and I'm amazed it's, it's one of my favorite scenes because it's so funny it's like of course and so it's such a powering empowering moment for Aisha and it like even though I was playing Yasmin watching it it, it made me feel good like poor Yasmin but also just Aisha has found her voice and found her power and she can do it you know um, and so that was really, just, it was a cool thing to watch afterwards. <laughs> and I remember that day we filmed, I do to say it was, I think it was like 28 degrees or something. So we're all in shorts and trying to be on the beach and enjoying. And in reality, all of us were freezing wow. it was pretty late at night. So, <laughs> yeah, I really like what you said about, uh, you know, it, it, it is a really stand up and cheer moment for Aisha just because. You know, that's episode nine. And at this point, we've heard, you know, the caption on Instagram about the belt, the karate belt fitting her and um, all of these uh, nasty things that we've already seen Aisha kind of go through. Like, it, it was definitely her moment to shine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. W where do you think yeah. uh, Yasmin went after that? 
I think, and see, this is, this is a part, this is the humanizing part that I don't think we get to see. I think, especially being in high school, you know, remembering back to that wasn't that long ago. And the worst thing is being embarrassed in front of your peers. You know, that is a time that you so kind of rely on other people's um, judgment of you. And she's so someone who's wrapped up in her reputation that to be that publicly humiliated, I think she went home and just cried and cried and cried. Um, you know, and it kind of doesn't say, but she showed up with uh, Joe's character. And so she kind of doesn't have, I kind of thought, you know, she was maybe like walking home or, or rode home with someone she doesn't even know that well. But um, I kind of, I, I hope to see what happens with her because she has no one now. Right. You know, it's kind of like, you don't see it that way because you're so excited for Aisha, but ultimately Yasmin, like she did dig her own grave and now she has to lay in it, but she has no one to turn to. And you know, that loneliness is probably the worst thing that any human can experience and deal with. And so, uh, yeah, that is really I, sad. I do think she just went home and yeah, you're right. Because Kyler, you know, he saw, Miguel and I was like, uh, yeah, we should probably maybe go somewhere else, you know. So he <laughs> he didn't want to stay there. So uh-huh. you're right; she must have found her own ride home. Um, yeah, that is crazy to think, you know. Perhaps uh-huh. perhaps she went back to Dimitri and was like, hey, um, you want to give me a ride? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm kind of hoping for that something to happen. <laughs> I think it's so. I love his character so so cute and how he's still. She's so mean, and yet he's still attracted to her. You know, he still wants to flirt with her. I, I do hope they play around with that because that's such a fun little thing. I think <laughs> like, so. Why does he? Why does he like her so much? <laughs> She's horrible. Well, you know, maybe uh, I. I think it, it's kind of like that thing where it's like a trope where the love interest, the the, the the young lady, is always into the bad boy, right? So maybe it's like a little reversal totally. here. Dimitri is kind of into the bad girl there. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, Yasmin has no one else to turn to except the one person who's still nice to her, which is Dimitri. So ultimately, you know, I do think what you said was right. Maybe she does go back to Dimitri and see what happens. Little fan fiction there. (laughs) Somebody will write it. Yeah. Tell me, everybody, if you write it. I want to read it. Yes, please. Uh, Tag both of us. Uh, (laughs) Another question from my co-host, Tom. Uh, He says, what would you say the main differences are between filming uh, films, soap operas, and more traditional television shows? Because he noticed that you um, had had an episode on Modern Family. Yeah. Uh, What else did you have here? Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's the one that he was referencing. Totally. Yeah. And did you have any stories from that experience you'd like to share? Yeah. One thing that's really interesting, really quickly, just speaking to both Modern Family and It's Always Sunny, those um, those were both smaller roles. And so the great thing about Cobra Kai, and I did another show that's coming out in July called Heathers. Um, the great thing about those shows is just being able to go to work every day, you know, for a long period of time versus kind of like a one or two day, three day thing. Um, that the, those other shows were just because then you're able to actually bond with everybody and you're able to get to know people. And, um, you know, modern family was so fun because those kids, um, I shouldn't call them kids. They're my age, but, um, <laughs> Nolan and Rico, like those are mainly those two, because I was Rico's prom date in that episode of modern family. And they are just 
such, for their age, so mature. And you can tell that they, they just have serious work ethic. Um, but then they're also so fun and so nice. And I, that always, you can just feel on different sets just what a good environment it is and what a loving environment it is. And you can just feel how close everybody is, especially in that modern family set. I only got to be there um, two days, but they were so open, so nice. Um, and same thing with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Those, I, they are hilarious. They're the same way where they would um, throw out lines. You know, they were just like absolutely come up with something on the spot and be like, hey, try it like this. Try it like that. Oh, do your thing here. Do what you want there. And so that was really fun. You can just see the, the pure comedy genius, um, especially in like Glenn Howerton. Um, it, was, it was really fun to be a part of that. Yeah, that's why it's a Emmy Award winning show. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. It deserves all the credit that it gets. Now, you kind of touched on it a little bit with Cobra Kai, and you just recently uh, mentioned Heathers. So you've taken a part in the revivals of, you know, two uh, popular 1980s properties. Uh, did you have to watch, like, the old Heathers movie, um, you know, the prior to the start of production? Or did you, have, like, avoid it to bring your own spin? Or uh, And also, did you feel like any... Um, there's any pressure to kind of live up to the old movies, whether it's, you know, Karate Kid or Heathers? Yeah. One thing that I, yeah, with Heathers, definitely, we filmed the pilot about six, uh, seven months before we actually started, before we got picked up for the full season and started actually filming the season. So I, in between the pilot and the season, I definitely watched it. And the one thing with both of them, with Heathers, they told us it is a very different universe it's the same idea of where you have um this group of characters and you know they're in power and it's slowly kind of one character taking down their power um you have that but it's in a very modern setting so you'll notice that in the original 80s movie the heathers are these three uh essentially three mean girls (laughs) like in cobra kai um but it's a totally different thing in this new series that same idea, but set into a modern tone and a modern setting. And really also it's very, it's very, if you've seen the original, it's definitely like a satire and I'm really excited for people to see it because it's so different, but so similar. Um, And then Cobra Kai, you know, there was none of that pressure, even less so I think than Heather's because we had one, the blessing of the, of Ralph and Billy being a part of it. You know, the fact that they said yes and they wanted to do it instantly I think gave everybody the confidence that this project was going to be good um, and was going to be true to the original, I guess you could say. And because it wasn't a remake, I think, I think that's a lot of the problems with all these reboots and remakes is when they're trying so hard to remake something that people love, you know, and that's just, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy undertaking. And so this was a sequel. And so that definitely, I think from the very beginning felt better. And then also for both shows, I was not the leading character. So, <laughs> which is so nice because that it's not on me as well. A little <laughs> less pressure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A little less pressure. But yeah, it is kind of funny. Both I am, um, I actually got the call that I booked Cobra Kai on the last day that we filmed Heather's. So it was kind of a magical day of moving from one 80s property to the next. <laughs> I'm, Definitely very caught up in my um, all my 80s movies and pop culture and <laughs> all that. 
All right. And as as we uh, get ready to kind of uh, wrap up here, I definitely have a, a few more questions of you. Um, now, being part of Cobra Kai, Heather's, is there any other 80s property, maybe even uh, like early 90s, that you're just passionate about that you would, you know, kind of have a like a, a, a fantasy project that you would love to be a part of? Ooh, I have to say... I think such um, a classic would have to be, wait, maybe I'm getting the year wrong. <laughs> Clueless, right? Clueless, 95. Yeah, I guess that's not early early 90s enough. That still works. Um, yeah, I, I think Clueless. It's just, it's a classic. It's so fun. I love those high school movies. Um, maybe The Breakfast Club, too. That's such a good one. Um, okay, I was going to suggest yeah. that, but I thought that might have been too on the nose for like a eighties teen oh, movie. No. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isn't that like the ultimate eighties teen movie? It really is, and it's got like the ultimate eighties teen song in it too. You know, don't you? So, oh, totally. Yeah, John Hughes, you can't beat him. Not at all. Not at all. I do. Part of me, I'm. I would love, love, love to do some action, and so. You know, and I'm such a science fiction nerd. Like, I used to read, like, Isaac Asimov and Philip K. Dick, and I was a huge kind of science fiction reader. So I would love if they did. I mean, they've done so many sequels and trying to do reboots. But Alien, you know, I think that would be so interesting. Or something like The Shining. <laughs> now you're getting me on this 80s <laughs> hype, and now I'm just thinking about all the 80s stuff that I want to be a part of. <laughs> that's that's what my show is about. Uh, so I host a movie podcast called Podstalgic, and the idea is to kind of take everybody on a trip back to these 80s and 90s movies and basically see if oh. they still hold up. You know, I play like the number one song at the time of the movie's release and, and yeah, just kind of <sighs> revisit these old gems. So like Ready Player One, did you watch that? Yes, and I read the book too. See, so I never read the oh book, but I've been telling people Cobra Kai is to TV, Ready Player One is to my movie for 2018 so far. Like, those are my two jams. Wait, thank you so much for saying that about Cobra Kai. And I agree. Yeah, it's amazing. Loki. It's amazing. But I am biased. Yep. Yeah, hey, but that's yeah, okay. Ready Player One, I agree. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Now, you kind of mentioned Aliens. Is Do you have a favorite sci-fi movie? Ooh... Um, okay, this is kind of, it's a recent sci-fi movie, so I'm trying to stick with the nostalgic vein, but I think definitely, um, did you ever see a movie called Ex Machina? And it's with, um, Alicia Vikander, and it's, I think it came out. Oscar Isaac, yeah. It's actually one that I did miss. Yeah, if you get a chance to see it, I just, it's so interesting to think about AI, and I think now... You know, I've read some articles about just like what Silicon Valley thinks of AI and artificial intelligence and its power. Um, and I do think it's so interesting, that movie, with how it plays with what is human and how do we categorize what is human. And um, it's just done in a beautiful way. You know, this juxtaposition of nature with technology. And um, yeah, that is a that is a wonderful movie. And then I think, oh, did you see Blade Runner 2049? You know what? Uh, I may get a lot of flack for this, but I wasn't a fan of the the first movie. You weren't? No, it was really. A, it, was, it was a little slow for me. Just a little slow. Talk to me. Just a okay, little slow. Okay. Okay. I I love me some Terminator no, though. I can... 
I watched I watched in a film class and I had to write a little paper on it. So I probably, you know, it was definitely slow and I was forced to sit through and watch it. But that's probably why I liked it more because I did the research and everything. And um, but yeah, the original Blade Runner. It's just a classic. Yeah. So you recommend <laughs> so. 2049? I like 2049. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I would. I you I but I you have to I think I do think that cinema shouldn't die because there's something about seeing a movie on the big screen, you know, where you have to put your phone away and you have to be in that world for two and a half, two hours, two and a half hours. And 2049 is such a visual experience. Um, so watching that in a big screen theater, I would recommend to everybody. You know, I'm not saying this because you're on the call with me right now, but I would totally watch Cobra Kai in a five hour marathon, like in the big screen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch it with you. Yes, I, I totally want that. So before we go, I got to ask, what is your favorite memory while shooting Cobra Kai, whether it's on screen, behind the scenes, anything? Yeah, I think there was, um, we were all in our Halloween costumes and we had, it was a cold day. So all of us are wearing our coats. And we, we had lunch and I think we were done for the day. And so all of us just went out on the swings. There was a playground where we were filming on location, just on the swings and just everybody together. And that was, those were the best moments when just the whole group kind of got to be together. And, um, you know, there was no, it was kind of a relaxed day. And so we got to just play around and hang out and have fun. And yeah, I think that would probably be my favorite memory. Yeah. You guys sound like you guys were a very tight group. Yeah, it was it, it was good times. We went to um. Have you heard of something called Top Golf? Uh, we have one here in Portland. Oh, see, they don't have one in Seattle or near what? Seattle, so I'd never known what it was. But they had one in Atlanta, and that was also um, it was a fun outing to get to know that as well. How do they do? They have one in LA. Uh, you know what? You'd know better than me. <laughs> I'll I'll Google it after this. Yeah, yeah. I'll see what's up. Are you Are you good in Top Golf? I am actually horrible, but I try my best. <laughs> and isn't that what you can do? It's all that matters. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So here's the thing. I think I don't want to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but I played a little golf when I was in high school. So I feel like I had, you know, kind of my form might have been better than everyone else's, but somehow I had the lowest score. Totally. Uh, so oh, no. I was really trying to play and everyone else was just hitting. And they were scoring higher than me, and I didn't understand it. <laughs> Blame it on the wind, you know? I, you know what? It, I think it's the balls. There was something wrong with the balls that yeah. night. Yeah. I agree with you. It was neither of our faults, because I also got the lowest score. Yeah. Something must have been the balls that night. That's what yeah. we're going to say. For both of us. <laughs> and that wraps up the interview that I had with Annalisa. Again, I want to thank her for the amazing opportunity of speaking with her. I had a lot of fun, and even after the interview, we spoke for you know a little bit longer. But yeah, she was just a joy to speak with, and she had a lot of insights about her character, about the show, and it just sounds like they had a lot of fun filming it. So again, thanks to her, thanks to some of the previous guests. So if you're tuning in for the first time, Tom and I, we actually covered each episode individually, went scene by scene, breaking down some of the lines, some of the jokes, and also we've had four other interviews. If you're interested in that, go check out the podcast TV Ate My Brain, 
And I was able to speak with Joe Se, who played Kyler, Hannah Keppel, who played Moon, Gianni DiCenzo, who played Dimitri. And we have one more interview coming out after the review of the 10th episode. So tune in. Please subscribe to TV Ate My Brain. You can find us on our new Twitter account, at Cobra Kai Pod. I've been tweeting out all of the episodes that we've been covering. And also we have a Facebook group page, www.cobrakai.tvamb group. And you spell out the word period as well. So you can find all of us in there, interacting, sharing things, talking about some of the episodes. We're having a lot of fun. So thank you guys for checking out this episode. And we'll talk to you later. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dream. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.